It's time for JT the Brick. JT. Woo! Hey, girls. How are you? Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick. I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation and saying, man, a lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, big update here. The United States just drew with Wales 1-1 after having a one nothing lead heading into the half. They shut out in the second half. And that's not good here because the United States were favored to win this game. England won earlier. They had a plus four goal differential and three points. The United States gets a point along with Wales and Iran. Uh, that lost to England, they have no points, and their differential is minus four. So the United States will play England on Friday with England with all the momentum here. It would have been nice to get three points in this game. Give credit to Bale and what they were able to do at Wales. And the United States, look, I don't have any expectation with the United States in the World Cup. I do for the women. I expect the women to win it. I don't expect our men to do much. They should have won this game. This is a big deal. They had a 1-0 lead. They should have been able to score another goal and try to put it away. Tip your cap to Wales here. It's a World Cup game. The best of the best play here, but a blown opportunity for the United States in Group B. If you're a fan of soccer, please call in. If you're a fan of the Lakers, whatever you want to do, we're a sports talk show. We're talking heavy Raiders today, but this is a massive story. Biggest story around the world. The world is watching as the United States just drew with Wales. 1-1. And I think that's a bit of a disappointment because we want to talk about halftime adjustments. Wales came out super aggressive. They scored on a penalty kick. Garrett Bale did as he was tackled in the box there. And that's a disappointment. Friday is going to be a monster game as the United States. The United States is in a little bit of trouble here. I really do because I don't see how they beat England unless they can change the game and really slow it down and win 2-1 or, or something like that. It's going to be a tough game for them to get it done. Uh, We can get you up on the radio if you want to do it right now. Uh, 702-365-9200. We're celebrating the Raiders' victory. This is a test study today in sports radio. When the Raiders lose, it's negative. All my phones are packed when the Raiders win. Maybe it's Thanksgiving. Everybody doesn't want to give credit to the people they've been ripping on for the last month. It's okay. I'm I'm just telling you, this is my life. This is what I experience with a headset on. I see it here. So if you want to rip on the team when they're down, you can go ahead and do that. That's why I have our own station. I'd like to see a little bit of balance on the other side when the team does something and they win big. Joe in Vegas. Thanks for waiting. Joe, start us off. What's happening? Well, JT, I'm glad today I don't have to call up and go crazy on Patrick Graham. The defense, I like the energy. We're still SWAT instead of tackling, but I'll take the win. Any way we can get it, we got a good win. It was energy. I like the way Josh was coaching. I almost got kicked out of the hospital yesterday when I was visiting my mom, watching the game and stuff. The nurses had to come in and tell me, it's a hospital, you need to calm down And then when they won and stuff like that. But we still got a lot of work to do. I think we can build off this. And if we can get a win in Seattle, they'll get used to winning. When you get used to winning, it's like you get used to losing. But if we can get used to winning, maybe we can get a spark and do something. Yeah, I think this is a good week. I like the matchup. We're not playing the Seattle Seahawks of 10 years ago. 
and the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson when they were pretty much unbeatable. I think this is a game I liked all year long. Look, I'm not guaranteeing the Raiders are going to win. But if you can't put it's together a game a... plan, you can't put together a game plan against Geno Smith. You got problems. Geno's playing well. He hasn't had the career of Derek Carr. And as I've been talking about with Derek today, Derek's got to step up and outplay Geno Smith the way he outplayed Russell Wilson. And he didn't outplay Matt Ryan. He didn't outplay the aging Matt Ryan, who had a great run to put that game away. So, Derek, this is on Derek now, man. Derek got a win. He's got Devontae. He's got to go into Seattle and win the game. And I have confidence that he can. He missed run of like Hunter Renfro. You know what I mean? You could tell how he, how with uh, he just misses him. You could see how he was with Collins. You know, he was getting frustrated with him for not being in the right spots and stuff like that. But it's a win and stuff, and we just have to build off of it, you know. And hopefully the defense, I think the good pickup with the kid that we got from San Diego, mm-hmm. the kid from Notre Dame, Jerry, yep. I think he got us a little bit of a push yesterday, and that's all we need. You get the push, you give those defensive backs a little bit more time back there, you know what I mean, then they don't have to be on that press coverage the whole time. Good point. Thanks a lot. Tillery played well. He definitely got a push up there. It looked like he played fresher than the other defensive tackles there. And that was very important. They needed him to step up and play a big game. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the silver and black, as he joins us every Monday after calling the game. Harry, I'm disappointed with the United States getting the draw against Wales. I know you're a big Mexico fan. You like World Cups. Soccer is the biggest sport all around the world. How big of a disappointment is this for the United States to draw with Wales? Yeah, well, the U.S. has three games, and this was the one where you wanted to get ahead because you're expecting a defeat against England. You're expecting a win against Iran, so this game might end up being the difference maker, and you wanted to be ahead going into the next two games, and they ended up drawing, so now they pretty much depend on doing a a great job against England and potentially getting a point out of them and then getting a win against uh, Iran. So they would have been on the driver's seat with the win today. They didn't get the win, so now they're not in the driver's seat. Yeah, it's a big deal. As you know, the size of the sport globally and how much bigger it is than almost all of our sports combined today. If you take the whole world, Harry, not only from Latin America, from the Far East, all throughout Europe and You know, we do get American soccer fans watching. That's why it's on Fox. It's on in the middle of the day. It's so massive. Just put that big picture together on how big the World Cup is compared to the Super Bowl here in the United States. Yeah, and but also check the difference. Telemundo, who has the Spanish radio broadcasting rights in the U.S., they're broadcasting pretty much every game on uh, on their network on TV. While Fox, they're only broadcasting some on Fox and most of them on Fox Sports 1 on their cable networks. And that's the huge difference for the bigger audience in the world. You don't have to pay to watch the World Cup. They'll just have it on TV because that's how big it is for them. While in the U.S., they're like, all right, if it's not the U.S. or Mexico or a big game, go watch it on one of our cable networks. Harry Ruiz joins us. Let's get to the Raider game and your big takeaway. I don't think it was a great game. They played from behind. They could have lost the game. They needed some big plays at the end to get to overtime. But, Harry, I thought something clicked in overtime, and maybe I'm going too big on it. But the pass to Moreau, and before that in regulation, hitting Josh Jacobs down the sideline as a receiver. He might turn out to be the second or third receiver for the Raiders going forward. And then the then the bomb that ended the game to Devontae. Did you feel like the Raiders found their identity right there in overtime? 
I mean, at the end of the day, JT, if they don't establish the run with Josh Jacobs, who for the fourth time this year ended up with over 100 yards on the ground, those opportunities with Morrow and with uh, Adams don't open themselves up with the uh, play action for the Raiders, and they ended up getting them that way. A lot of people don't remember the first play on overtime. It was a tackle for loss from Josh Jacobs that had the ball. He ended up getting stopped behind the line of scrimmage, and then second and 11, second and a little bit over 10. Carr ended up connecting for 33 with Foster Morrow on the play action, then 35 on the play action with Devontae Adams. So Josh Jacobs, it's the key with for him to stay healthy for this Raiders offense to be able to keep on moving because, yes, he's getting yardage, but he's also uh, becoming a threat for the opposition that they also have to be always aware of what he's doing. Harry Ruiz is our guest. I thought the offensive line played better. You called the game. What did you see with your analysis of the pass protection? And, again, another good game of run blocking. Yeah, another good game of run blocking. It wasn't perfect. And without Colton Miller, nobody expected it to be perfect. And the Raiders, the offensive line bent because Carr was pressured a lot. And if you look at that final play, if it had been for an inch or two, uh, Carr could have been strip-sacked on that play instead of it being a completion for a wide-open Devontae Adams. So it bent. It didn't break. It only allowed one sack, but Carr was pressured pretty much all game long. And on the rushing game, they were able to do their job. They opened the holes, and the Raiders ran the ball 24 times, and they passed the ball 37 times. So it was a little bit more pass-heavy in this game, but when they ran the ball, they were able to do so successfully. When you can run for four and a half yards per carry, mm-hmm. that's a good name, a good game for your rushing game. Uh, what do you think of Josh McDaniels now in the celebration afterwards? I, I think we need to build that up because of all the heat the coach takes. And the coach doesn't look at all this. He's not on Twitter and he's not listening to all this. But we are. We're broadcasting. You're broadcasting the games. I'm hosting on the flagship doing podcasts. You know, the coach has gotten a lot of heat because of the record there, but that locker room really looked united when you saw the post game in the locker room. What'd you see? Absolutely. And I'll even include uh, DC, who's been taking a lot of heat from the fan base for most parts of nine years because mm-hmm. this fan base is hungry to win. It's been a long time since the team has won a Super Bowl, and they want a Super Bowl as soon as possible. And it's like, hey, like Mark Davis said, Rome wasn't built in one day. It's a new coaching staff. It's Derek Carr, sixth head coach he's worked with. It's his fourth offensive coordinator where he has been with. Greg Olson was with him for a couple two stints. It's just different. And now with McDaniels, it takes time. It won't be uh, like New York where they've been able to catch lightning in a fire, but they also end up losing with Detroit. I loved it that you saw the support from the players to both the quarterback and the head coach, which are two of the most important pieces in the franchise and the whole structure. So it's great to see that this team has unity. It's great to see that this team uh, enjoyed this moment. And I know there's going to be those Debbie Downers that, is, that are, are saying on social media, oh, they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. I'm like, hey, you know what? Good. They want to have that feeling again. Have it next Sunday. And then the Sunday after that. And then the Thursday when you go against the Rams as well. Harry Ruiz joins us. I think that's important. When you win a game in the NFL, it's hard to win. You should celebrate. You should have a good time, even if your record isn't great. Because you got to – it breeds 
confidence going forward. And I think that locker room was part of it. You got to remember what it's like when you're waiting to get back on the team playing from Denver, coming home. Everybody's in a good mood. They played well. They played really good in overtime. And to build on that, Josh McDaniels gave him a victory Monday, a Monday off, Tuesday off of the players. They come back on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So let's jump ahead. You're my first guest on this week as we get ready for Seattle. Uh, this isn't Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom with Richard Sherman and Bobby Wagner and all their great players that they had back in the day, but it's a very good team where their draft picks have been much better than the Raider draft picks over the last year or two. Their young players have really stepped up, and they're in the playoff hunt with Geno Smith, a quarterback, Harry. Exactly, and I've actually watched a couple of the Seahawks games, and Geno Smith, he likes creating plays with his legs, and mm-hmm. he loves going forward and uh, creating havoc that way, rushing the ball. So it's something, it's a part of the game that you have to be very careful with that we didn't see Russell Wilson take advantage of it. We saw Matt Ryan in one play take off for the largest run of his career, but besides that, not much. We've been going against the pretty static quarterbacks. In this case, Geno Smith, if he sees the opening, he's going to run with the ball. He's been able to take advantage of the Tyler Lockett's and the DK Metcalf's of his offense. You've got to be careful with that. No fan. He's out there also as part of the trade with the um, uh, Denver Broncos. It's a good team that they went from being the Russell Wilson show to now they're a team that's playing for their head coach for Pete Carroll and everybody thought they were going to be they weren't going to be good this year well they still got pieces also in defense including a former uh, Raider and Bruce Irvin who got his first sack against the Cardinals and they find ways to pressuring to pressure the quarterback so it won't be an easy game but at the same time it shouldn't be the hardest of tasks for the Raiders hey uh, finally Harry you called a bunch of games now you're new to this but you're calling play-by-play on the Spanish broadcast, and a lot of those Carlson kicks, you made the call, right? He had that streak that ended at 41, but bounced right back with two more field goals that were the difference, and they were both over 50 yards. So it was really good to see him after the streak ended to come back and kick at his best, kick at the best in his career. And that's important in sports, to bounce back after a mini failure, and I thought he did it beautifully. Absolutely. He actually got three field goals after he missed the first one, including the game-time field goal towards the end of the game. I know it was a short one, but you go and look at his last miss, and it was a short miss against the New York Giants over a year ago out there in the Meadowlands. So Daniel Carlson, Trent Sig, A.J. Cole, that special teams unit, they're special. No pun intended. They're a great unit, and Daniel Carlson ended up hitting also a 57 yard field goal and I'll even go back a little bit in that first drive I would have loved Carlson to try a 50 plus yarder instead of the Raiders punting the ball with AJ Cole but at the end of the day Josh McDaniels gets paid millions he gets a decision and we talk about the decisions that he makes and well he decided to go with the punt in that first drive and it ended up working for the Raiders at the end of the day. Good times, Harry. I mean, I'll see you at the Charger game in the tailgate if I don't see you before Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday and keep calling the games. And we're thrilled to have you on the show. I heard you this morning in Morning Drive, and thanks for coming on with us every Monday. Hey, absolutely, JT. Happy Thanksgiving ahead of time, and I'm super thankful for your friendship, my friend. You got it. I am too. There he is, Harry Ruiz. Love having Harry on. Very good guy and a grinder. Love to pick out the grinders in this market and the people that are new to the business and put them on the radio and make them insiders and to see what they can do. And Harry, it's fantastic because he calls the games. 
He's really energetic. He does a lot of work, and he does a lot of grinding. Appreciate Harry Ruiz. Wish Harry a great Thanksgiving, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. We've got a bit of a short week. We'll be here three days, I believe. Uh, Thursday, we're off for Thanksgiving. Friday, we'll have a portion of Raiders Roundtable. We'll figure out what we're doing here. And then we'll get ready for the Seattle game, and then after that, the Chargers, and I'm going to L.A. for the Rams game, my first time at SoFi. So I was there for all the Super Bowl, but I didn't stay for it last year, so... I'm excited about that, and the Rams are really banged up. Rams are banged up in a big way. And I think the Chargers losing really helps out the Raiders, not for the Raiders in the playoff drive, but it brings the Chargers back to the pack. And that game, if the Raiders can beat Seattle, and that game could mean a lot more when the Chargers come to town, where the Raiders could possibly even up with the Chargers or surpass the Chargers, depending on what the Chargers do here in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that game, but I'm really looking forward to Seattle because I've been to Seattle many times with the Raiders, mostly in the preseason, and I know how fun it is and how many Raider fans from the Pacific Northwest only get to see the Raiders play when they're playing in Seattle, and they got great booster clubs and diehard fan bases there. 702-365-9200. Let me get up to Snow Raider, who's been waiting in Tahoe. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Appreciate you. Hey guys, thanks. Uh, I think the difference in uh, the game yesterday was they didn't allow that three-point field goal right before the half. Yes, the prior two games they did, they lost all those one-possession games. Um, Lincoln Kennedy always says, "You need your stars to shine when they need you the most." Max Crosby, hands down, he's looking at MVP. I'm thinking in the AFC Defensive Player, any award you can give him. Other thing. The extra forty seconds. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. Why would you? Why didn't they run the ball for the Broncos? Hey, good for the Raiders. That extra forty seconds allowed them more time to get down the field, and that big play action to, uh, across the middle mm-hmm. that happened a couple weeks ago in the Tampa Bay game when I forget who they beat. Brady took them down in like forty seconds to win. You don't get that big play after the uh, tackle for loss, like Kerry was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they win the game. That opens up the playbook. Boom, next play, it's all Devontae Adams. We all know no better feeling than a walk-off win. Doesn't matter what sport you're doing and work, that's the best feeling in the world. Great celebration. And I'm going to end with this. Hey, Denver. Yeah! Raiders all the way. Yeah, nice to sweep Denver. It really causes chaos within the Bronco community with their new ownership. Nathaniel Hackett's in a really tough spot now because he gave up play calling which is pretty much him admitting defeat, that he can't call the plays and he thinks he's part of the problem. I don't think Denver's going to bring him back for those reasons alone. Gangster Raider is on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Finally, a victory Monday. And I want to say um, I want to give a standing ovation to the whole entire team, staff, coaching, coaching staff, and the whole organization because we got our first road win of the season and we got our first um, single score, you know, um, within single-score victory of the season. And we had a bunch of those last year. I think we had like five or six one-score victory games last year. And this is our first one of the season. And, you know, this is what um, we've been asking for. And, you know, the play calling was better. It was was great all the way around, like the camaraderie. And I'm glad Devontae Adams was the one that got the um, game-winning touchdown because his um, penalty kind of shot us in the foot in the second half, so I'm glad that he was able to redeem himself and got the walk-off victory and, you know, made it much better for the whole entire Raider Nation, from the fans to the, all the way to the owner. You know what I'm saying? We needed that win 
And, you know, I just want to say, Raider Nation, I thought we were going to have a much better season, but we still in there, you know what I'm saying? Hope ain't all over. You know what I'm saying? We can still have a decent season. And, you know what I'm saying, just get behind the team, like JT been saying, and support. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to go to the Rams game, but this win yesterday, you know what I'm saying, I made my mom go to the game, but, I, um, you know what I'm saying, win, lose, or draw, I'm still going to the game because we got to support our team. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking about going to the Seattle game, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it because of my work schedule. But if it was, if it was going to clear up, I was going to try to make that one too. You know what I'm saying? But I'm definitely going to see you at the Rams game, JT. And shout out to Harry Ruiz because he's from L.A. too, and he representing big time for the Raider Nation. You know what I'm saying? So this is a good good feel, good Monday, and going to the holiday feeling good. Raider Nation stand up. You know what I'm saying? Good looking out, JT. Salute to you too. Thank you. Appreciate it, Gangster Raider. Thanks for checking in here. And, you know, use your tickets and go to these games down the stretch. you got New England coming to town. They're a playoff team. 49ers coming to town. 49ers playing tonight. I've been watching the new Hard Knocks series on HBO Max, and I think Arizona's got a good puncher's chance because of the cardio and the running and Kyler Murray playing in Mexico City tonight. That's going to be a fun game to see. The International Series have been big this year. The game's in London. Uh, Tom Brady won in Germany, and now we get the game at Azteca Stadium, one of the great stadiums around the world in sports, the great soccer stadium, where tonight we'll have Monday Night Football between the Cardinals and the 49ers. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Mark Anderson. He's going to join us coming up, and we'll get him in here on UNLV's loss, which, again, I don't know how you watch UNLV on TV. I can't find him on TV. I don't know where i got to go find him. I don't know what internet i got to do or this or that. I was just watching the game, and my wife and I were keeping up with the score. We like Marcus Arroyo. We think he's on the right track getting better players in here. But that was a gut punch to lose to Hawaii the way they did before the game to decide the cannon in Allegiant Stadium. That one hurt. Mark Anderson from AP joining us next. First and 15. They have to get to the 27 for a first down. Empty backfield. Five wideouts. Trips to the right. Two men to the left. Three-man front for Hawaii. Back to throw Brumfield. Brumfield is in heavy traffic, gets away from one man, is hit, still on his feet, and is sacked at the 48-yard line. Rebels Radio is the Rebels lose to Hawaii, dashing any hope for a bowl game, which is really disappointing after the quick start. We'll talk Rebels and Raiders with Mark Anderson, who's kind enough to join us from the AP. And Mark, let's start with the Rebels here. Real disappointing. We've been talking to you since the start of the season. I like Marcus Arroyo. I think he's the right guy for the job. I know they're getting better players. Their recruiting classes seem to be better, but a really easy front-loaded schedule. Did that cost them on the back end of the schedule? Um, I, I think what hurt them more than anything was Bronto got hurt right as they were really playing their best football. And they just, it just seemed like – and then they hit, went into more of the meat of their schedule at that point too – so that combination, um, it, it felt like they kind of had to flip a switch again once they got through that stretch and got Brunfield back, and they just weren't able to do it. And maybe Brunfield's just not completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be part of it. I, and I do think that um, whatever confidence they had in that early stretch was was pretty much gone by the time they got to Honolulu. Unless, you know, mm-hmm. it could be, there is a possibility they went there thinking they were going to win, too. They're 11-point favorites, and maybe they didn't take the Y seriously. So, um, 
it could be they walked in there, but once the game got going and they knew they were in a game, they might, you know, with this losing streak, they just maybe they just did, they just didn't have the confidence they could get it done. And um, you know, in Hawaii, it's just a different place to play. And 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 if you don't, if you've never been there, it's just hard to really explain explain that. You know, Mark Anderson joins us. What's the ramifications of not making a bowl and having this losing streak, and especially losing to an opponent where you're an eleven point favorite? Well, it, you know, it, it puts the Royals' job into question. Um, I don't know that they're going to fire him, but uh, especially if they lose this week to their big rival from Reno, you know, he he's, he what's his argument? He he started four and one, and the season just just completely got away from him. Uh, he's not Eric Harper's hire, um, so Harper in that regard doesn't really owe him anything. Is from a loyalty standpoint, he has an invested interest to see that the Royals succeeds. Uh, you know, Harper may very well want to bring his own person. I'm not saying Arroyo is going to get fired, but you you have to ask the question. And if he if Harper moves on from him, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Mark Anderson's our guest from the AP. Let's go to the Raiders win. I thought they were tremendous in overtime. And really what you and I have been talking about, if they can play more up-tempo, more aggressive, attack the end zone, I think that fits Derek Carr better than playing a more conservative brand. You're going to take what the other team gives you. It's a new playbook with Josh McDaniels. But what was your takeaway from the beginning of the game and when they're using clock again and they're not playing with any sense of urgency and when they flip the switch in overtime, knowing that they needed to score? Yeah, I, I think, in fact, I'm writing it now. I, I think what they what happened yesterday is something they've been missing, uh, and that was Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you think look at how shorthanded they went into yesterday's game from a receiver standpoint, they only had really one guy they could truly count on. I mean, I know Matt Collins has, has done a lot of good things, um, and, and Morrow has, has had his moments, um, but Devontae Adams is really the only guy you feel could make a true difference in that receiver group. And so they went in really with just him, and Josh Jacobs played so well uh, that it forced the Broncos to respect the run game. And I think it created openings for Devontae to make the plays that he made. And when you go back at the Raiders' best stretch of football, that three-week stretch, we went 2-1 and one with a one-loss of one-point loss to Kansas City. That's when Jacobs had his best stretch of the season. And so if they can get back to that, where he is such a factor where opposing defenses have to respect him, I think that's only going to open up the passing game. And then once you, they start getting back these players, if Waller and Renfro both return this season, which you would think they would, um, then that would just make the offense that much better. So I think I think that's I think that's the game plan they need to take going forward. You know, Mark, a lot of people are wondering about his option not being picked up, and I didn't think it was the end of the world because he didn't have a good year last year, and this is a brand-new regime. I mean, if this yeah. was the Gruden regime or Basaccia, they knew him better, they could say, all right, we've seen you. This is a brand-new regime, and he was coming off his worst season as a Raider, and they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, and... You know, I haven't talked about it with Dave Ziegler privately, but he's praised him, praised him when he's played well, and it's going to be a business transaction. I'm sure the Raiders are going to be in the hunt to re-sign him and reward him for this year, and other teams will be interested. How do you think this plays out? Yeah, I think the Raiders will definitely want him back. I mean, Josh Jacobs just, I asked him about, uh, I mean, Josh McDaniels, I asked him about Jacobs today, and he was just oozing praise for for Jacobs, uh, just saying he never comes off the field. And he doesn't look to come off the field. He said he's never had a back like that. So I think he recognizes what he has in Jacobs. If you remember, Ray Jacobs came into the season in the best shape of his career. I mean, he looked like he was ready to go. So he, he went in determined to have a strong season, He's and that's what he's done. 
So he will have his suitors. So, I mean, the you know, it depends if uh, what other team comes in there. There is a bias, you know, now among NFL teams about paying running backs a lot of money, um, especially when, you know, once you start to, uh, getting to uh, Jacobs as an old. But, you know, mm-hmm. running backs tend to age faster than other positions. So I don't know how much another team's going to invest in him. Uh, that's going to be the big question. But I, I do think the Raiders would want a bag. Last one, kind of disappointing. USA drew against Wales 1-1 after being up 1-0 in this game today. You know, they got the England game coming up. England scored six goals. They were absolutely dominant in their game. And then the Iran game, which has political strife all around it. I think USA will win that game, but we don't know what Wales is going to do coming off the tie here with their games here. So, Mark, it'd be a shame if the United States didn't, uh, you know, advance to the next round here. And if they don't, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with getting a draw instead of a win an hour ago. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't know that the U.S. counted on on getting a win today, but man, the U.S. certainly needed one. Uh, you just can't yeah. have a you just can't have a draw with Wales, and uh, you know, and it's disappointing the way it happened too, and a questionable penalty penalty, and um, mm. you know, if in U.S. otherwise controlled the the play and um it, it was really a game they should have won and you know if, if they don't get out of the group stage they'll look back with at this game is is with one with great regret absolutely mark i look forward to seeing your writing coming up josh mcdaniel's press conference we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks have a great thanksgiving with you and your family you do the same jt thank you so much you got it mark anderson from ap He's formerly with the Review Journal, one of the premier journalists in town here. That's why we have him on as one of our insiders. And again, you know, you get to know Marcus Arroyo. I really like the guy. He came over to my podcast at Virgin Hotels. I just had my last one with Kevin Ioli and Jeremy Anderson and Chad Smith, who runs the theater there and does a great job with all the music venues there. So I really appreciate when Marcus Arroyo left practice and came across the street to Virgin and sat in with me for about a half hour. And I see him around town. I've been to some events with him and his wife. I pull for the local guys here in town, man. It might not sound like it every day because I got to do my job. And when a team loses at Hawaii as an 11-point favorite, it hurts. You know, I got to sit down with the head coach every week, which I gratefully appreciate. And I thank the Raiders for that opportunity. And there's some weeks where it's better than others because of the energy of losing compared to winning. But when it comes to UNLV football, I'll say this again, and Kevin Kruger's coming off a great win over Dayton. We went and saw Illinois play over the weekend. Had a great time. UNLV football with the Fatita Complex that they have, one of the great facilities when it comes to that. And it's not a perfect campus. All right? UNLV's campus is not perfect. All right? It's not Boston College. It's not Stanford. It's not Penn State. It's not Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's UNLV. But UNLV football should be able to get some elite Division I players. Not the ones that are going to USC. I get that. Not the ones that are going to play in the Big Ten. But they got to do a better job, and I think Marcus Arroyo gives the program a better job to go up to Eugene, Oregon, in the area of the Pacific Northwest to Seattle, down to San Diego. He's got a good pedigree with the NFL. Coach Arroyo's been around a lot of NFL coaches and get better players. And I think they have better players than when he got here. But they got to win. You can't lose to Hawaii under any circumstance. You can't lose this game to Nevada when you play at Allegiant Stadium. And you can't have a streak like this. It's just unacceptable. And I know they want to win. And I know some coaches over there. And they're busting their ass to win. But that's a bad loss. And that's going to have an effect on this game coming up here on Saturday. A lot of people in town wanted to see them beat Nevada 
for the cannon and be bowl eligible. They can still beat Nevada, but they won't be bowl eligible, and that hurts. Or do people care? You know, if they're going to go to a small bowl game, does it matter anyway? Yeah, I think it does. You want to start using that for recruiting, saying you're going to bowl game consistently. Big Al in San Francisco. Always good to hear from him, especially coming off a Raider win. Go ahead, Big Al. Uh, it was so nice to see that last pass by Derek where, uh, you know, where Devontae would made the double move and was able to go, you know, go towards the corner of the end zone. And he was so wide open, you know, that you know, it end the story. I mean, the game, it, it was just nice to be able to see that. I just, as I watched the game and so forth, I just, I was kind of just mesmerized by the fact that, uh, this, the roster seems to be so slim and there's just not enough depth on this team that you need to, they need to take a look at it and say, what can we do for depth, but not necessarily wait until March for, for, you know, for free agency and then subsequently the draft. And I would like to see them, whatever they have planned for Jacobs, and hopefully it's a positive because he's played well enough to, to earn himself another contract. But I'd like to see us kind of pick, you know, start taking a look at, at who's being let go who's around. I mean, you know, we all know that, um, you know, in yesterday's game, there was, you know, there, you know, uh, there was a the big fumble and the play, you know, the running back got cut from Denver yesterday. And, you know, he's a pretty good running back. You know, he used to kick the, you know, the daylights out of the Raiders up in Oakland, uh, coming here. I remember one time they, they ran like seven bubble screens to him and he was just on fire. I'd like to, you know, you know, with Melvin Gordon, I'd like to see them find a way to be able to bring in and start to bring in some depth now. Let's take a look at some of these guys who are out there, who are veterans, who still have some gas left in the tank and start building up our depth. Because watching the game yesterday, I was it was painful for me to see that um, we just don't have a lot of depth. and We can blame injuries and so forth, but I think it goes a little deeper than that. Yeah, but Big Al, you're right about that. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to go out here. And say, how's this team going to win without Foster? Excuse me, without Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, two guys who are hundred reception guys that can change a game. One of them could have one game that could spark a three-game winning streak, and you don't have that. So you're right. When I look at this team, and I'm saying, man, it'd be nice if they stayed in the game. Like in Seattle, stay in the game, stay in the game, hang around in the game, and then boom. Devontae explodes in the fourth quarter for two touchdowns, and Jacobs runs out the clock. I can see it. But we need this team at full strength with Nate Hobbs and guys playing that can get activated again coming off IR and give the team a puncher's chance. Yeah, we need these some of these guys that can that are going to be able to come off IR, come off IR, and not stack IR. But on the flip side, there are players that are being let go for various different reasons. Some of these guys still have game left. I think Gordon's one of them, for instance. Let's bring some guys in, see what they have, and start preparing for next year. Look, the Raiders have a puncher's chance if they win out. That's a puncher's chance if they win out, and they got to win seven. So they're not going to win out, and they're probably and they're not going to make the playoffs. But let's start preparing for next year and start taking a look at some of these guys that are available. There's a lot of quality football mm-hmm. players available, especially now with the since COVID rules where players are getting, yeah. you know, they they go on practice squads. You know, experienced football players are on tax, on taxi squads being stashed waiting for the right opportunity but they but we can take those players off of other teams practice squads and bring them in and give them a chance to play now we they're not owned by the other team because they're on a practice squad yeah Landing good point. Collins or the Giants is, a, is is one of those examples great point appreciate the call thanks a lot they're showing the Raiders locker room celebration now it's Vince Sapienza and my buddy Eric Allen 
And it's Eric Allen's birthday tomorrow, so please wish Eric Allen tomorrow a happy birthday. The great EA, my partner on the pre and post game, his, let me double check, there it is, Eric Allen 619. He's from San Diego. Eric Allen 619. That's his Twitter handle, and wish him a happy birthday, and he was great on the pregame show with me. They just showed as they opened up the Raiders press conference at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with Vince Sapienza that the team won and the celebration was real. And it was intense, and a lot of players were jumping up and down, having the time of their life. Only a regular season game, but I think it meant a little bit more because they beat and swept the team. They swept the team, and Las Vegas is the only team to score 20-plus points against Denver this season, and they did it twice, winning 22-16. It wasn't a perfect game, but Josh Jacobs on the ground, Devontae in the air, and Max Crosby playing incredible defense. That's the difference in all of this. We're wrapping up the show at the top of the hour. I'd like to get a World Cup call. I know Raider fans are soccer fans. I know you're all from the United States, most of you. What'd you think of that? A draw with Wales, which I don't think is good. And we'll get you on the other side. Number 702-365-9200. Thanks to Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, where I had a fun podcast on Friday in the main lobby. All their great restaurants, Cassie Beach, You can head on out to the pool or go to Olives or One Steak. You'll have a great time anywhere inside Virgin Hotels, Vegas. How about that? Little celebration for the Raiders as it's a victory, and we're celebrating it here on Monday, like my friend Alex DeCastaverde and the DeCastaverde Law Group, Orlando and Alex, a family law group that will fight for you to win if you get into a car accident, if you have any legal issue. I had the opportunity, I had coffee with Alex a couple of weeks ago, and I walked the law group, and I went up to the building, Tivoli Village, and I got a chance to meet many members of his staff. These young clerks, people working behind the scenes. He took me into these elaborate areas to sit down where they talk with clients, and I totally get it. You need someone who will treat you like a family member, and that's the basis of this law group, dating back to their father and the way he built this law group in the entire state of Nevada, and they are fantastic people. Alex is a great Raider fan. He loves the silver and black. I sit pretty close to him at the games. I see him at halftime, and he's always talking about the Raiders, and he's a proud partner of our show. So if you get into an accident and you need help, Alex DeCastaverde, his brother Orlando, the DeCastaverde Law Group, the number 702-222-9999. These are the guys. This is the law group right here, proud partner of Raider Nation Radio, 702-222-9999. As the Raiders win, and I'll be sitting down with the coach coming up on Wednesday instead of Thursday this week ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. So how about Devontae talking about what happened on that last play where he beat Patrick Sertan, one of the best young corners in the league? He's not there yet. Okay, that's interesting to me 
Uh, Devontae ate him up, that young player, and spin him out, and he's supposed to be able to do that. Supposed to be able to do that. So great route for Devontae. Patrick Sertan tried to play hero ball. Tried to play hero ball, just like Derwin James tried to do it. I've been all over Derwin James today and the hype of the Chargers and what happened. A couple of sound bites here as we wrap up the show. I want to start off with Buffalo and what they were able to do to win in Detroit. They got the game going with Singletary on this touchdown run. Josh is under center, takes the snap, hands it off. Devin Singletary cuts right, goes back left, into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. A five-yard touchdown run by Motor. Buffalo desperately needed that because Kansas City won. And I thought I think Buffalo is the best team in football, but they're not playing the best in football. So that one, they had to get that game. They went back to Buffalo with all that snow, and then they're going to go back to Detroit where they just played on Thanksgiving. Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia, this touchdown run, they were in a tight one with Indianapolis who just beat the Raiders, and Indy had Philly on the ropes. Hurts takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. Uh, that's Philly Radio. I want you to hear Jalen Hurts after the game. Listen to the soundbite from a balanced young man, the leader of this team, MVP candidate, how he keeps everything in perspective. Perfection is something that will never be caught, but why not chase it? Why not chase the standard? Why not chase that golden standard of doing stuff the right way, executing with the right details, having the right fundamentals? That's something that we chase every day. He's so good. New England beat the Jets. What an awful game that was. 3-3. And then the Jets punted, I think, for the 10th time. Ninth or 10th time in the game. And New England made a play to win the game. And now Mann is out there for his 10th punt of the day for the Jets. Marcus Jones returning for the Pats despite an earlier ankle injury. He waits on the right hash mark of the 25. The snap, waist high. Pressure-free punt. And it's a good one. Forcing Jones to backpedal right side at the 16th. Dad left, ran it right, down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the left, left to the 45, beats the punter to the 35-30, Marcus Jones down the middle to the 10, into the end zone, touchdown, no flag, touchdown, Patriots, way to call timeout, way to bleed the clock, and the special teams and the defense wins it for you, almost in a walk-off. Boy, Jets, you're ready for prime time. Get your buses started. Get on the plane. See you back in New York. Patriots Radio trashing the Jets after that. Bobby, let's move to Dallas and Dak Prescott. What a win that they had over Minnesota. No one saw this one coming. They blew out the Minnesota Vikings, who just won in Buffalo, and Dallas is coming off a loss in Green Bay where they blew a 14-point lead. Here's Dak to Pollard. Snap back to Prescott. He's got a lot of time. Deep down the right side. Oh, he's caught at the 45, 40, Pollard, 20, 10, Pollard. Uncle, 68 to Tony Pollard on third and 15. Good night, nurse. That's a great win for them. And then we go to what happened with Mahomes and Kelsey. This ended the game on Sunday night football. Another vintage comeback with Patrick Mahomes with under two minutes to go to win it. Mahomes crossing pattern caught. Kelsey, 10-yard line, 5-yard line, touchdown! Kansas City! Will Kelsey do it to the Chargers again on a crossing pattern? And now Travis Kelsey, a 17-yard touchdown reception to take the lead, plus his 33rd 100-yard receiving game of his career, the most by a tight end in National Football League history. 
And in 31 seconds, the Chiefs take a 29-27 lead. That's a big deal. Listen to what Patrick Mahomes has to say about Kelsey, his teammate there, his partner, possibly being the greatest of all time. He's going to keep fighting until the very end. When you see that, I think it not only is impressive for him, but it gets other guys going. I mean, like I say, he's one of the best, not the best tight end of all time, and he's coming to work every single day to get better. And so that shows you whenever you step in the facility, you're like, man, I got to get to work. If this guy's doing it, I have to be able to at least match that. So that leadership that he brings, uh, as well as the play he brings in the field, is special, and it takes a lot, of, a lot off my shoulders. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Kelsey could go down as the greatest tight end of all time, and that's a lot around here with guys like Dave Casper, Todd Christensen, Raymond Chester, the great ones that the Raiders have had in the history of the sport. Gronkowski, look at all of them. He's that special. Felix in Hollywood. Thanks for waiting, Felix. You're up next. Go ahead. That Felix is gone, as I planned on him being gone. Uh, the coach is speaking now on Fox 5. If you missed that, you can go check that out. He has the uh, Raiders press conference. They play it here right now locally in Vegas on Fox 5. And also everything that's happening, which you can check out at Raiders.com with all of that. Let's get to the locker room celebration. I think it's the right way to wrap up the show here. For all the doubters, and you have the right to doubt, the team's only 3-7. and seven. The celebration in the locker room, this team really came together. It started on Monday of last week. You had great resolve. You had great effort in practice. You prepared hard. And you strained, okay? And it took, it took 64 minutes. Where's A.J. Cole at? Come on, A.J. Cole. This group, you should believe in yourself. Okay, I'm just telling you, you just got to believe in one another. You got to keep getting better. We got to keep working at it. It's been a long season. It's November. It's Thanksgiving week. Oh, yeah. We got a victory. That's pretty special. So they get a victory Monday. Players wanted a Monday off. Uh, they deserve it. They'll get Tuesday off the players other than the ones who get treatment and there'll be guys in the building. And then they got to ramp up quickly to go to Seattle and play up there, which is a tough venue. The loudest place they'll play this year is either Kansas City or Seattle. Fact. Seattle is just off the charts, so they're going to have to get the noise and figure it all out. Have a great day, everybody. Q's up next. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great Thanksgiving week.